the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Well, hello there. It's me, Rob Black. How are you? Good day, good day. This is going to be an interesting one, I think. Let me tell you why. The headlines are as crazy as ever. When you probably had your bowl of Wheaties this morning and a cup of coffee, you might have turned on the financial station. You looked up and you said, well, looks like it's going to be a good day. You're like, I wonder why it's going to be a good day because let's look at some of these other headlines. Um, Donald Trump threatens to cut funding for schools. He slams the CDC's reopening guidelines as too tough and expensive. Now, did I just hear that? The president of the United States, the leader of the free nation, is starting to cut funding for schools. Um, I think as a younger man, I would have let that one go by. But as an older man and knowing how important it is for schools to have funding and to have kids that are well-funded in schools, there's a difference. There is a difference, believe it or not. Um, that's, that's kind of like fighting words that you don't want to see when you, yeah, you're eating your Wheaties. Then, (laughs) I mean, it gets better today. Trust me. I'm telling you, this is going to be a good one. Then Donald Trump says he's considering banning TikTok as a form of punishment to China for creating the virus. (laughs) Now, I'm not a TikTok guy, but I, I, I think... What you could probably fairly say is that China's got some social media companies that they want to be important just like we do. And that's not the kind of headline you really, really want to see, in my opinion. Um, TikTok probably, if, if you believe in capitalism, that's probably not what you want to see. Because you damn well know that if we ban TikTok the Chinese are going to ban something like Facebook or they're going to up the game and say, we're going to ban Apple. They don't want to do that because Apple creates a lot of jobs in the country, but they're more than willing to ban anyone else. Um, big winner out of all of this is Snapchat, the American version of TikTok, I would say on some levels. I know you're saying, do you always think of money and angles on everything in your life? I do. Like I said, before you get all lovey-dovey with your sugar booger and your spouse, you want to settle down and make a baby. Babies are expensive. $250,000 is the price I've put on a baby's head from age zero to 17. And then another $250,000 if you want to send him to college. Although, you know what? That may have changed this year. I saw that um, one of the Ivy League schools is charging full price for an online class. For an online sec, um, 
Why am I forgetting this word for an online semester? Um, that's not do it. That's not fair. I'm sorry to say that. But that's not. There's something about yeah, you have this big lecture hall and you have the 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 ivy covered walls in the Ivy School. There's something about that that is appealing for you to pay sixty thousand dollars a year for. So just think about that. Are we finally hitting the wall where we're going to start fundamentally breaking down a bit? The big question that I have right now on the stock market hitting all-time highs on a day when the headlines are pretty grim, the number of coronavirus cases in the United States hits an all-time high. That's not a good headline. 60,000 new coronavirus cases a day, 60,000. And Trump is starting to cut funding for schools. So what's not adding up there is like, there is a problem that the United States is going to have to deal with when you think about reopening versus safety. Reopening, good for economy. Safety, good for society. (laughs) Yeah. TikTok's new offering for small advertisers can help lure some of them away from Facebook. Don't you like those kind of stories versus Trump thinking about banning TikTok as a way of retaliating against China for creating the coronavirus? I mean, it's full on now. Homebuyer mortgage demand spikes 33% as rates set another low. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, I walked into an allergy burst yesterday. I love allergies. Um, Homebuyer mortgages. This is going to be a weird time in history when we look back on it. I already look back at the 90s as there was this massive stock market run up in financials and in retailers because America started creating a ton of wealth. Companies like Gap used to be the companies like Apple. And they passed the baton. So we got tech companies. uh, First round. (coughs) The Microsofts, the Yahoo's, the Cisco systems, the Intel's pass the baton to the second round of of tech companies, a new Apple, a new Microsoft, Salesforce, Netflix, Google, Amazon. So we're going to look back at different periods like that's the 2000s, the 2010s. Mortgage rates have been dropping essentially since 2006, and, and they're not stopping. It's pretty insane. Homebuyer mortgage demand jump spikes 33%. So the best time to ever own a house is not when there's a housing market crash. It's not when there's a horrible, horrible earthquake and everyone says, we're leaving California and we're selling our homes. Um, although I have heard antidotally that a friend of mine who is a um, real estate agent in San Francisco is seeing people rushing to him to sell their homes now that they no longer have to work on location. It's kind of interesting. But this would be an era that I look back on. If I live to 100, I'm going to go, 50 years ago, mortgage rates were so low, they were practically giving away money. And that's what we're going to say. We're going to say they were practically giving away money. If you wanted a home, you could actually borrow 600000 for almost no uh, mortgage rate. 
Average mortgage rates down 3.26%. Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com tells me on a regular basis um, he's getting people below 3% depending on credit and other issues. I don't know if he can do that for you. It all depends on you, but you can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. So the headlines are weird. Get this. I'm about to sell some of my first shares of Apple. I've held it a long time in my life. It's pushing up seven bucks a day at three eighty. It's pushing the Nasdaq to an all time high. As as is Microsoft. To me, it's feeling very very expensive. Now I'm only selling some of my Apple A because legally I have to tell you. But B, and it could happen any time in the next thirty days. But B, more importantly, I'm. It's not. I don't think their business is broken. I just think short term, it's had a big run up, and it's a way of me diversifying. It has nothing to do with Tim Cook. It has nothing to do with five G. Which at the beginning of the year, I told you that's going to push that stock to four hundred, and it's it's near four hundred now. But COVID kind of got in the way in, in February, March, April. But that's I'm just trying to be honest with you. Um, I still believe in the company. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. And I'm only selling a small fraction. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Markets are moving generally ahead at this point in time. Um, It's nice to see. But it's also, don't forget March happened. Don't forget what it feels like when things don't necessarily move smoothly for you. Just that feeling I want you to keep in mind. Um, Because it happens. Now, in March, did I panic? No. I've been on the air every day except for the day before July 4th, July 3rd. Um, I've been trying to keep people calm. It doesn't pay to panic. It's the wrong business to play in if you're going to panic. In my opinion, again, Silverberg advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show <laughs> or anything else. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. One executive said something kind of genius yesterday, and he said, it, I think this is what we feel. He said, federal rules are needed. It's ridiculous to open and reclose. So federal laws need to be put in place so we stop this reopen, close, reopen, close. And I almost kind of agree with it because this reopen, close thing has turned into a Republican-Democrat thing. And it just feels really difficult (laughs) to look at the stock market and go, oh, I'm comfortable with that. It's a lot of faith in the Federal Reserve. Walmart's launching a subscription service. This is a great story, and I wish this had no COVID stink on it at all. Walmart's launching a subscription service similar to Amazon Prime this month. Um, Now, that's interesting. I'm still going to probably be an Amazon guy, and I hate saying that because I don't necessarily like that. I just know them, and I'm comfortable with them. I know that if I order a big old box of diapers, they're going to be there in 24 hours or less. Um. I've always lived in big cities, so I've never been really, really close to Walmarts. 
Um, I've dated people who grew up in the sticks or um, rural areas or 25 miles from a big city. And they, they love Walmart. It got to the point with Amazon Prime where, I don't know if you remember, it's so addictive because it's so good. Um, it was almost like Netflix. Do you remember Netflix in 2000? <clears throat> you'd have a subscription and like you would rent DV- DVD. You wouldn't rent DVDs. So you had a subscription. It went from I'm renting it for $4 for two nights and then it's like $5 a day if you're uh, late fees to keep it as long as you want. I've had some DVDs checked out of Netflix for 20 years now. I think ever since streaming's caught on. So you do the math there. Um, and they're still on one of my shelves. That's embarrassing. So anyway, wait, anyway, 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 Walmart plus $98 a year. So right there, it's $20 cheaper than Amazon. Now, $20 means nothing. And I'm embarrassed to say that $20 to someone who's making $60,000 a year. That's a lot of money. So I'm going to probably stay with convenience, but I'm fascinated And I know that Walmart will now have the same capabilities that Amazon will have in case I don't have – in case Amazon can't get me product. There's a second one that can. And I'm savvy enough. I can go between the two. And I know that if I have to pay $5 for faster delivery with Walmart because I don't have Walmart Plus, I I know that they will have the infrastructure. Same-day grocery delivery. Gas station discounts, early access to deals. Uh, Walmart's doing all right. Now, again, will that be enough to hold off Amazon? Will what they do be strong enough to hurt Amazon? Um, I think Amazon's four steps ahead of Walmart. But it's nice to see that the legit contender is there. I like that. Retailers are asking governors to require masks for shoppers. <clears throat> I, again, Tillman Furtada, he's a big sports owner, and he said, we have to have a government, federal government mandate for masks, or we have to have something that we all could kind of agree on for a period of time. And again, states versus federal government. Um retailers asking the government to require masks for shoppers makes really good sense. If you've ever worked in retail, you're not going to get rich. And they're on the front line of things that we need, like groceries. Retailers are. If I go to Home Depot, there's a good reason that I'm going there. Probably a a light bulb's out. I'm not going to climb up a big ladder and get a a light bulb for myself. Someone else is going to do that. So we do need something to protect these people in theory. We just need a federal response. And, and again, that shows you how ignorant I am, right? Because retailers, what we're seeing a lot of, are alarmed with instances of hostility and violence for, uh, that their employees are, are getting attacked on. There's some really shameful, <laughs> shameful people out there. Um that the stress this situation is getting to them. And I get that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, Taking a look at yesterday, and I should bring this up ever so, so, so barely. The day started off strong and it got weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. 
Apple has a new price target of $400 on it. Is that what's moving the stock market? No. But Apple is certainly doing its part. Big tech is doing its part. So that's something we're, we're seeing out there. Um, how do we close the day? Yesterday we closed very, very weakly. And as the day went on, it got worse. Facebook is catching flack for reportedly not doing enough to police its platform for inappropriate content. Big group of advertisers got together and said, Facebook, why aren't you doing this? And yesterday they didn't give the advertisers a good enough answer. So today they get a press release. It's nasty. Walt Disney is pressing ahead with its plans for reopening its Florida parks this weekend. Um, that's going to be a data point going forward. There's a chance you're going to be seeing some footage this weekend when you're surfing the weekend shows. Like, this is what Disneyland looks like pre-COVID. Kids running wild, beating up Mickey Mouse. To This is what it looks like post-COVID. And it's, it's just be a lot of space. Um, I've got a homeowners association that you know, just recently reopened, and it's amazing. Access to facilities, there's no one there. So if you want to go to the pool, instead of 100 kids during the summer being there, there's 10. Woo-hoo. It's nice. So Disney's going to show us what's happening at Florida, their Florida parks starting this weekend. United Airlines said its July capacity is going to be down 75% year over year. Ooh. Tesla's price target was raised from 950 at Goldman Sachs to 1300. Apple's price tag raised from Deutsche Bank 380 to 400. Netflix price target raised from 370 to 445 over at Rosenblatt. The big tech names are leading the charge and creating very lofty valuations. Hey, we love their product. That's a good thing. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. One of the things I like about my job is I get to study up daily, nightly, afternoon-wise from media sources and financial resources and terminals like Bloomberg Terminals. Really cool stuff that have really great information. One of the best tools out there for investors is briefing.com. Joining me now is Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com, a source I've used for over 20 years now. And it hasn't changed. Well, it's changed somewhat, but not too much. It's still just great information. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Good morning, Rob. I'm doing well. Great to be back with you. Um, Thank you. Um, It's always great to have you. And I always get excited when it turns to be Wednesday because we get to talk stocks. And that's like talking football for most men, for me, the way I see how excited they get by the start of the uh, football season. Quick question for you. In in all of your market strategy, in all of the work that you're putting together right now, are you looking at like schools and football games and basketball games as like back to pre-COVID or – because I'm paying a lot of attention to sports and how they're not playing yet in the United States. And like, I'm like, there's a problem still. Anyway, thoughts? Well, you know, it, it's, it's certainly um, a, a factor in the, in, in, the, in the big picture, right? I mean, even if you get sports going again, um, you know, it, it sure does seem like the days of, you know, packed stadiums with 70, 80,000 people and then, you know, are not coming back soon here. Um, and then there's, you know, there's uh, multiplier effects there in terms of, 
uh, the, you know, the employees that work at those stadiums, the, the restaurants and bars surrounding those stadiums, you know, and so the, the Uber services needed to get, you know, people to the stadium. So it just, you know, it, 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 it's, it's an issue that's going to be lingering as it relates to um, what we think is going to be certainly an elongated uh, recovery back from where we were prior to the COVID shutdown. So, um, so it's not necessarily like, you know, the primary consideration in terms of, you know, what's going on with the major, you know, professional sports leagues, but it all fits into that fabric of an economy and a labor market that's going to be uh, bouncing back more slowly than one might be led to think based on the behavior of the stock market. <clears throat> Shifting from that kind of tone of looking anecdotally at things a bit. Let's talk about the real math because you, you valuation is something you addressed in your page one today and it should matter, but it's not really mattering right now. It's kind of rock scissors papering lower interest rates. But even the news is a little interesting because some days we're like, Oh, it looks like a cure's right around the corner. And then the next day is like record number of we're kind of, <laughs> yo-yoing a little bit uh, the, the, the market's reacting to odd not odd news but they're interpreting the same news differently on a daily basis as it seems like thoughts yeah that's right i mean you hit the nail on the head rob i mean it's just it kind of uh, the market goes with sort of the the flow of you know the headlines um or at least it you know it rationalizes its prevailing move on any given day based on the headlines and so you know um you know yesterday we had a market that you know, that traded lower, right? And so <clears throat> the obvious explanation was that you had an overbought market. It was due for a pullback. Um, but the more popular narrative, I think, is is uh, and what can kind of compute better for a lot of people was the idea that, well, coronavirus case counts and positivity rates are increasing in, in many states. You know, states are slowing the reopening activity and therefore, you know, growth prospects are in question. And then hence, that's why stocks, you know, traded lower. But here we are today and you've got the market back up with all of those same factors still part of the narrative. Right. So, uh, you know, I think really, you know, when we look at this market right now, you can make the characterization that it's in a consolidation period. Right. We had such a huge move. Okay off the March 23rd low. And ever since we peaked on June 8th, uh, we pretty much have just been going sideways, albeit in a, you know, uh, a choppy, choppy range. Um, you know, we're, we were up 5.7% in the S&P 500 over the last five trading sessions before yesterday. Uh, and yet the S&P 500 itself is still slightly lower than it was on June 8th. So, you know, we didn't really go anywhere, but there's been a lot of price action in between and certainly a lot of, uh, uh, I guess, um, amazing story stocks and story stock behavior uh, that uh, that makes it sound more exciting in terms of what's happening in the market action. But, you know, you look at that small grouping of stocks that we always keep talking about, you know, the Apples, the Microsofts, the Amazons, uh, the Teslas, right? You know, they're still holding up, you know, quite well and uh, not just holding up, but continuing to go up. And those are major and influential supports for the, for the broader market and kind of help mask, um, you know, what we're calling, you know, a a soft underbelly to the market really um, based on the realization and the practical viewpoint that 
things are challenging out there, certainly economically speaking. And the market has certainly priced in a lot of good recovery news such that you're trading uh, at roughly 22 times forward 12-month earnings, which is about a close to a 50% premium over the 10-year historical average, right? So I almost we, want you to say that again. <laughs> you have it. You have a, a PE multiple on a forward 12-month basis that's roughly 50% above the 10-year historical average. That's crazy. That's insane. It, you know, it is. And, and, and yet it's not. At, right. I mean, to your question, you know, the, the market can has easily rationalized it uh, away based on the Fed put, uh, the fact that real interest rates are negative. So effectively, they're, you know, stocks are a, a better investment over bonds on a relative basis. Uh, you have no alternative if you're seeking, you know, a, a decent yield. And uh, and the market is very much clinging to this, this hope that uh, earnings revisions are going to be going up markedly in coming months because you get economies reopening and you might even possibly get a COVID treatment or a vaccine um, within those, you know, the next 12 months. And so it's willing to look past kind of what looks like an egregious valuation today and to discount it in a way that would imply things are not as expensive as they appear because earnings are going to be so much better uh, in coming months. Let's talk about the big five or you kind of hinted that that's the same old names that are driving the NASDAQ higher, quite honestly. Um, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, um, Netflix. Are we looking at a period like 1999 where there was just this massive run up in tech stocks and then they got hit the hardest and we had never seen that coming? And I think a lot of people were honestly quite shocked. Um, are we are we setting ourselves up for that or too early to tell? I, I don't want to I'm not going to quote you. It's not going to go to the uh, mm-hmm. New York Times on on record or anything like that. But it feels like there's a big run up here. Well, it, it, it not only just feels like it. I mean, it, it's it's fact. I mean, there has been a big run up in those those names. And when you have companies that are, you know, sporting one and one and a half trillion dollar market caps, pushing their way to two trillion dollars. Uh, you know there's been a lot of positive price action. And um, I think really, though, <clears throat> the maybe the, the longer-term risk factor, right, is this concentration risk factor. It's like everybody has to own these, these names, uh, if you will, if they're going to, you know, uh, try to outperform the market, but certainly perform at least in line with the market. And when you look at the concentration of ownership in like the largest mutual funds, the largest ETFs, you know, these these names are always at the top of those lists. And, um, you know, there's certainly a lot of liquidity out there right now. And and so the market keeps chasing after the the names that are going to work. But they're also, in most cases, quality companies, industry leaders with decent balance sheets. And that's what's resonating right now is both not only a play on the long-term power of these companies, but also on the near-term uncertainty where they act as a hedge in the event that growth doesn't live up to those uh, higher expectations. And uh, and you get into a situation where, um, you know, you run into some balance sheet issues that are going to become more prominent for other companies. I love this conversation. We've got about a minute and a half. Is there anything else that you're working on or want to add to where we are um, or just talk about? Right. So, um, you know, next week we'll kind of mark the the official start of the second quarter earnings reporting season. And, and 
notwithstanding our earlier conversation that, you know, the market just, you know, ostensibly doesn't seem to care about valuation right now. Um, I do think this earnings period will be will be more important than the last one was um, because now that you have these recovery hopes built into stock prices, uh, you should see with stocks trading at these you know seemingly stretched valuations, uh, you want to hear companies provide some better clarity in terms of what their expectations are for the remainder of the year. That may not be possible, and that may be a factor that kind of slows this uh, recovery rally, but something to be on the lookout for uh, in so much as what we hear on the guidance front from uh, from the companies that are going to be reporting starting next week. Mr. Heyer, I know you're a parent. I'm just looking for a quick anecdotal survey. Any any idea what school looks like in a month, a month and a half now for your kids? Well, I know for one of my kids, it's already uh, been declared that the, the fall semester is going to be uh, a remote learning experience. Um, and then uh, I have three other kids, and they uh, there is no decision yet. So we're still waiting on the on the local school district to tell us what the plan is. Since this is a podcast and it goes around the world, I just thought everyone should hear. You're in Chicago. I'm in San Francisco. And same answer for me. And it's it, it brings up questions about the stock market when you don't have answers about schools. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare. His content is wonderful. He does great work for briefing.com. Briefing.com's overall presentation, I think, is one of the best. I'm stoked to be working with them, and their content is where I start my day each and every day. You can find Patrick O'Hare at briefing.com. You can find me at briefing.com reading his stuff. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Hey, I do the best I can on this show, and you can do me the best you can by contacting me and telling me what you want me to do differently. I'm desperately trying to pull away from talking about COVID. It's on our minds. Like, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm thinking at some point in time – Maybe this fall, I've seen a psychiatrist again just to talk about, like, am I okay? <laughs> I know you're saying you're, you've got a lot, lot of white-collar problems, Rob, but it's just not normal to uh, isolate and always be conscious of masks and stuff. So I do wonder about the psychological on me, but also the psychological on others and children. Um, when do we come back and say, I'm going to go to Hawaii? I am a big credit card rewards point guy. It's one of the things I talk about regularly on the show. I could pull up my wallet right now um, or I could pull up creditkarma.com and show you on my phone what credit cards I have. And I could tell you why I have them. Credit cards aren't bad. They're not evil. I, I, I do think they are bad and evil for some people. Uh, it's like saying a chainsaw isn't bad or evil. It's great for cutting down trees, but you put it in Jason's or Freddie's hands or Leatherface and chainsaw is a, a bad tool, right? Cuts up people. Um, same thing could be said for a lot of ways of how we approach credit card debt. It's not bad. Um, and there's a difference. CFP Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com, is probably one of the smartest people, if not the smartest. Like if there was CFP Jeopardy, I, I, I would have him be my teammate. <laughs> if you're allowed teammates, I'd be like, the, I'd be the fat one who keeps landing on bankrupt. And he'd be like, why do you keep doing that? Because I can answer all these. Um, but but it is kind of important to have a, you know that concept of what you're good at and what you're not good at. And that credit cards aren't bad. They're bad in the wrong hands. Um, one of the cards that I have is it's called the City Double Cash. I get 
1% when I buy, 1% when I sell, or 1% when I pay my credit card off. Um, I I easily rack up five dollars $6,000 of credit card awards in that per year. Um, I have a travel card, a Chase Sapphire Preferred. It's got a $450 annual service fee, which went up to $550, but they rolled that back because of COVID. That gives you a $300 resort credit. It gives you three points on flights, three points on hotels, um, one and a half times your points on if you respend it through their platform. It's a pretty it, – it's, it's a no-brainer for someone who travels and goes on vacations, except for suddenly I'm not going on vacation. And I looked at all my points. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. My next vacation, instead of going to Hawaii, I'm going to Greece or I'm going to somewhere more exotic than Hawaii, if that makes any, any sense. I had a little bit of a learning disability as a kid, and every now and then I have to, like, check it in my head. I don't visualize words sometimes correctly. Like a rowboat, I don't see with two oars. I see with one oar. But one of them was I used to confuse words really, really bad. Um, <laughs> I want to go somewhere exotic on vacation, not somewhere erotic on vacation. You say that on radio once and like people are writing in and going, Ooh, <laughs> I want a vacation with you. That sounds interesting. Anyhow. And anyway, um, update for the markets. It's almost absurdly up. Um, every now and then you're getting people on CNBC who goes, this isn't right. You'll see someone called Nuriel Rubini. Nuriel Rubini. Rubini. Um, he is an economist. He is known as Dr. Doom and Gloom. He is a person who says the stock market's going to fall. And I, I don't know his predictions right now, but in the past, he'll say things like 50%. He'll say we're heading for a greater recession than ever before. You're like, dude, is your wife not being nice to you right now? Are you in the doghouse? Like, why are you always so mean on the markets? And there's people out there who are like that. And do you want to know the truth? I love them. 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 20 years ago, I hated them. I'm like, you're stupid. You're dumb. You're Mr. Dummyhead. You think the market's going to go down and you think the economy's going to go to heck in a hand? Don't you know what capitalism is? I love them now. If he wants to sound the alarm and get some people to sell, I'm good with that. Because we eventually will sell off. And someone like a Nuriel Rubini who you will hear on CNBC or you will hear on Bloomberg or you will hear on Fox News. And you'll go, that guy has a job as an economist like at a, a big university. Like he can't be stupid. Could he? Well, the woman who dated and fell in love and married one of her 14-year-old students just died yesterday. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of people who you would think are legit professors and teachers and such. And Rubini's fine. And I'm not knocking him. You kind of want some negative out there on, on occasion. It kind of sets you up for real life, right? Like if you watch a horror movie, it's an escape from real life. Same thing with some, some negativity on the market. It can't be all golden goose eggs. Um, Costco has an interesting dilemma on their hands. They have benefited enormously from COVID. You know there's some retailers that have, right? Like Amazon. This time next year, if COVID is behind us, and I promise to try to do a show not focusing all on COVID all the time, um, but Costco's going to have a problem where they won't have that push of, of people coming in, signing out. They won't have that push of people um, grabbing 200 things of toilet paper, 200 rolls of toilet paper instead of 20. Um, th that'll be softer numbers. But you know what's good? 
right now Texas, Florida, Arizona are having COVID spikes. I know you're saying, are you saying something's good with COVID spikes? It's weird how Wall Street works, right? Um, it's expected that Costco is going to see a, a big run in Texas, Florida, and Arizona of people coming in and clearing off the shelves. So Costco is going to get one more round out of this round of COVID, <clears throat> if not even another round in the fall. Uh, vaccine, no vaccine, I don't know. I'm not – to me – Designer genes are like uh, Jordash. Designer genes are not like genetically altered something to figure out how to boost our immune systems. Like, no, 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 no. I know you're saying that was a poor attempt at humor. Designer genes, Jordash. Oh, boy. You know, it's interesting. Um, one company that's been doing very poorly recently is an online, an online gambling company. It does poorly when we're looking at the economy doing well. It does well when we're looking at the economy through the lens of it's going to stink out there due to COVID. Um, do you have lenses like that? Because you should. Rubini's okay and lenses are okay too. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com.